Welcome to Franchise Fix. Uh, I'm not going to do a traditional intro here because I don't have one, but last episode we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're talking about the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier today, and uh, I'm joined as always by Andy and Zach, and we're just going to get into it after we talk about our overall thoughts of the show so far, spoiler-free for the most part. So, uh, Andy, can you... Hit us with some of your thoughts so far. I mean, so far, so good. I'm not the the big Marvel fan of the group, so I'm missing out a lot of like context to give you the filler, the backstory, the lead up to everything going on with each of these individual characters. No big story wise where the MCU's at. So it's interesting to like, ooh, this thing, this character. I can't wait to learn more about this and go back and watch uh, the movies that I've missed to get some of those questions. But I like where it's going. This 49 minute business, though, it's another long episode with some not necessarily filler stuff in it, but things that it kind of drags on makes me think of WandaVision uh, where they're really short. And I was like, what the heck? I have no idea what just happened, but it was 24 minutes and I can't wait for the next one versus this one is a little little longer drags on at various points. But overall, I'm still liking it. Thought it was a good episode. I liked it actually better than the first one. And I can't wait to see where we go next with it. Uh, whoever wants to take it next. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that, um, you know, the f- 49 minutes is a long episode, but I also think that this this format and the way they're telling this story is vastly different than the way they're telling the WandaVision story and the um, exposition that they uh, put into this 49 minutes is is valid is worth doing you know in my opinion so I I, I agree to- I like like this episode a lot better than I like the first one uh, we're actually getting some progress um, you know I was actually concerned in the last episode we weren't going to get um, as much Bucky and Sam as I wanted but this episode gave us all of that uh, it's a great dynamic between the two of them um, and I'm excited to see them grow as a pair uh, as well, and and we we already start to see kind of the the budding aspects of their relationship uh, to to go forward. So I'm 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 happy to see that, and I'm excited to see where they go as characters. Um, and we get a lot more uh, stuff about the um, you know our new villains uh, as well. So that's that's really cool. Uh, overall, great episode. Um, and and uh, I'm actually you know last week I. I was a little bit concerned. I was like, oh, man, am I really excited to see this next episode? Um, and uh, after delaying my viewing of this uh, for a couple of days, now next Friday, I'm going to make sure that I watch it right away. Yeah. You know, I can totally understand uh, being reluctant after the first episode because it kind of jumps back and forth between feels. Like you've got uh, the, the opening with Sam in this high action scene and then uh you go to a lot of this like slice of life stuff where you know bucky's struggling with these things from his past sam is trying to help his family out and it's just very ground level civilian kind of stuff until the very end where they uh show that we've got seemingly a new captain america and that's the cliffhanger, and that's great, but until then, nothing was really ramping up. But it is nice, too, that 
I like that they tackle stuff from the snap. I like when these Marvel properties do that. You know, all of them have done it in different ways. Uh, if you look at Spider-Man Far From Home, they do it in a kind of funny way where, you know, we've got this awkward situation where you've got these teenagers coming back uh, that are now in the same graduating class as somebody who was in middle school. Uh, so it's super awkward in that sense, but then you've got stuff like the whole bank scene in the first episode with uh, Sam and just like the consequences of not being an existing person for five years. Uh, and then, but then it goes into this next episode and we get more of the like driving plot stuff. We, we get Bucky meeting up with Sam uh, pretty much right away after the opening scene um and like just getting right into it they build off of their relationship that they started to build in the mcu as uh the sidekicks of cap who don't really like each other all that much uh but just kind of begrudgingly work together and yeah it, it gets right into it in this episode and it's uh super high action exciting stuff and uh good banter between all of the characters not just bucky and sam but uh, them with the new cap we'll get into and uh yeah it, just interesting dynamics going on and i'm excited to see where this goes i i will say uh as much as i understand your thoughts on uh the length of the episode i also realize too that this is only six episodes so it makes a little more sense for this to be a little mm -hmm. bit longer it, it just maybe feels different pacing wise and you know it, it's hard when you're coming right off of wandavision too because you got used to something and kind of like we said in the last episode of this talking about how everybody's used to these end credit scenes you just kind of have to recalibrate yourself get yourself used to something different because these are different storytellers every time they're going for a different thing and it's still all in the same universe but uh it, it's nice that the directors and creators in disney and marvel have a lot of freedom, it seems, to kind of go in the direction that they want to, but also do a really good job of keeping things close-knit, tied together story-wise as well. Um, well, with that being said, let's get into this first episode here. Or, sorry, second episode. So, the first scene in the second episode, we open with uh, the new Captain America. We don't really know him yet, but he's in an army uniform. And he's in an old high school locker room. Apparently it's his high school because he's kind of reminiscing. He peels off a sticker on a locker to show uh, his old locker. And uh, he's practicing introducing himself as Captain America. Um, and then he goes out to this rally uh, in the Captain America suit. Marching band's playing. He's signing autographs. He's uh, interacting with the crowd and everything. He's introduced to the crowd. And then he appears on fucking Good Morning America, which is... Uh, you know, classic Disney shoehorning their properties into their other properties because Disney owns ABC. ABC shows Good Morning America. Of course, that's going to be meta. on there. It um, works. Very meta Disney. Yeah. It, it, it does. It absolutely does. I, I will say, though, it was at night. So it was kind of weird that he was on Good Morning America. Uh, that's true. Unless it was super early in the morning. Maybe, maybe no, it I'm was wrong. super. Yeah, they said that. They okay. talked about it, how it was like really was early it? in the morning. Okay. Yeah. I, I must have Which... missed that part because it was just so I... dark. By the way, as 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 uh, marching band guys, did anybody else notice the tenor sax player who wasn't participating in the body move at the beginning? Really disappointing. No, I didn't notice that, but I did notice like just 
playing music and marching with instruments in front of them was not in sync at all. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that was pretty rough to watch, but no, I didn't notice that part. I mean, all they have to do is consult us. Absolutely. It all work for so cheap. You have no <laughs> idea. I just want the credit. There's no marching band guys in there. Come on. I mean, on. seriously. I was excited for this scene based on the trailer because the music that they use was pretty like dope for this particular scene. And then yeah, watching good. it, it was like, yeah, it's just like a cheesy high school, you know, marching band or kind of type scene thing you, you put in there. Got to relish on the the memories of what it was like in the past and now given this new responsibility type thing going back to your old high school. Yep. Yeah, that scene was just super cheesy. I, I I thought it was like it was I I thought it was funny like and I thought they meant it to be funny you know as like this just it's so dramatic you know this of course this new you know pretend Captain America is going back to his high school reliving his glory days and look where he is now you know and and then that compared to the way you know Bucky and Sam see this guy it's like completely different. You know, I, I, I love that that juxtaposition. I think they did a good job with that. Well, and, uh, and it makes it seem oh, human, go ahead. too. Yeah. You know, just like it humanizes yeah. the character right away. Totally. Off the bat. Um, and then speaking of the juxtaposition, I just thought about like the actual Captain America, Steve Rogers, was never this all American boy. He was this anemic, right. uh, skinny, just sick man who was denied entry into the military so many times and like it's his bravery that shows through and why he gets the super soldier serum and like uh, all the intangibles of a soldier and this guy's the opposite it seems he he seems pretty cocky he's very full of himself he's the all-american boy his hometown's so proud of him so proud of him and well and through the interview they're like you know and he he tested you know uh, uh, at the top 1% on all of his athletics and he was the most intelligent and yeah uh, like just this totally total stat ridden you know uh, captain america yeah and like going back to the last episode, this is exactly like the type of thing that you can see why Sam didn't want to give, uh, take the shield or give it to anybody else was because nobody can compare to Steve Rogers and his story right. and who he was because he's more than just the guy that was souped up. Like he was the prototypical soldier from the mindset he believed in his causes he believed in doing the right things he believed in protecting others he was willing to sacrifice himself so many times and this is the exact opposite so and, and we're going to learn a little later too like w what this character actually represents because right now we're just presented oh it's this new captain america but like who yeah. is he like for what though what purpose like yeah we know it's the army that we're gonna get a little bit here or we see that's like what he is in the locker room but like why do they want a captain america and then we'll we'll learn that a little later in this episode absolutely um so speaking of him we get finally his name i think in the interview it's john walker uh so yeah they say he's a highly skilled soldier like you guys said he's won three medals of honor you know this this guy's just great and meanwhile Poor Bucky is on the floor of his apartment. Apparently he sleeps on the floor, which 
guess that's his choice, uh, watching TV and just looking distraught at all of this. Uh, but speaking of John Walker, I, I felt compelled to look him up since we had the name. So in the comics, John Walker uh, first appears in Captain America as the super patriot. He seems to be some kind of anti-hero or villain, some kind of antagonist to Cap on his introduction. Uh, he's later redesigned as a new incarnation of Captain America, which is kind of what we're getting so far, at least it seems in this show. And then a few years later, he is uh, U.S. Agent is his name. So, thought that was kind of interesting. Like, that's his superhero name? I guess so. U.S. I'm not very creative. Agent. So, uh, is that just... at all related to um, the... Uh, uh, there's, there's a Russian Captain America, right? There's like the Soviet... What, what's his name? Do you know um, what I'm talking about? I think we're like going to get him in Black Widow. Yeah, there's like it's like the, I I don't remember his name, but I I'm 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 just wondering if like if if these are all kind of related in the same comic run, you know, um, oh. from back in the I I it I'm curious. I mean, there's I know there's so many different Captain Americas, but I know it, at least in one iteration, if not multiple, there is that um, that man. I wish I I wish I looked this up beforehand, but you know what I'm talking about, right? The like yeah. the, the Russian Captain America. Well, there's different, like, there's also, like, uh, Captain, like, London or something like that. Uh, rumors oh, that were trying to get, yeah, Henry Cavill's trying to get in on that role. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's cool that they're bringing in, you know, I don't know if he will be, like, on the nose super patriot, but um, it's just My expectation is not for that to happen. I'm go after what I saw fans do to WandaVision. Uh, I'm yeah, not right. doing that with this one, so... I like the comic book references like this. Like, yes, there's a character to pull from, but I hope the fans then don't turn that into, all right, and then we're going to see this character come up and this is this right. superhero. Like, there, it's like more like <laughs> Easter egg, you know, things the Ralph like conversation that. from WandaVision. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, the, probably the best, you know, how Jesus. it devolved into this whole thing and turns out to just be a dick joke. Yeah. And a damn awesome. good one at that. Um, awesome. So moving on in the discussion on the episode, uh, we find Sam and he's walking through his uh, Air Force base and he's kind of being inundated by all these signs that have the new cap on them that says cap is back, which is just a slap in the face to him as he's walking through. And uh, finally, Bucky shows up. So he meets with Sam and uh, he goes into him about like, how could you ever have given up the shield? Can't believe you did that. Really pissed off. Didn't have given you. up the shield, Sam. I mean, he's got a point. Uh, I know I he that. didn't he... want this shit to happen, but look what happened. I, I I love that he like through the whole episode shouldn't have given up. The, we should have got the. You could have done that with the shield. Let's go get the shield. Yeah, really could have used that shield as uh, one yeah. of the lines, which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the shield is a huge symbol in this show, too. And going forward, it's going to be a huge symbol. It's uh, Steve's legacy. It's yeah. um, it's what Sam supposedly should have taken up the mantle as. And, you know, it's something that this guy who doesn't seemingly deserve it has now. So it's going to be a really interesting focus of this entire miniseries here. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's our object we are chasing after. 
Yep, ties everybody together too. Um, so yeah, uh, Sam explains that he obviously never wanted this to happen, but Bucky really doesn't want to hear it. Uh, but anyway, Sam goes into uh, telling Bucky about where he's going, and uh, he tells him about the leader of the Flag Smashers and says that he's been following intel on them that he got from Red Wing. Uh, he then, uh, which Red Wing? I, I I don't. I'm sorry, but oh, yeah. Red Wing is uh, is is awesome. Like he's. I love that he's like characterized separately from Sam. I just wanted to point that out. I, yeah. I, I he's like my my favorite superhero. They started that in, uh, I think, Civil War, <laughs> where uh, he, he tells uh, Black Widow to, uh, you know, thank Red Wing for saving her and not thanking Sam. And she's like, I'm not going to thank that thing. Yeah, I know. I, but it's it, he's the best. He even yeah. leaves, like, separately from them in a scene, too. Like, it's it's awesome. Yeah. I well, you know, speaking of the comics, uh, in a lot of iterations, Red Wing is a literal, uh, I think, Red Tail Falcon. Oh, so I, yeah. I think I oh, think that's cool. That's where they're going with this is like trying to give a personality yeah. to the thing that is a drone replacing the actual living thing. And uh, well, this, this is one of those things I had to look up, actually, because I didn't understand the Falcon. Like, what is he like? Is he yeah. a super soldier? He's not a super soldier. He doesn't have any superpowers because in the comic books, he talks to birds. So, like, I'm I'm very confused by this iteration <laughs> of this character from what i know of him uh and i did not understand what the dc or dc uh mcu is doing with him so i'm glad i i now understand all of this and it's making sense because for the little bit here of watching these episodes i was very confused by everything he's way different in the uh in the animation too the avengers animation like he's like totally separate from the group until like they they come together on like one mission and then he becomes an Avenger. I, yeah, Marvel's the best, man. I, it's super cool. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how good they are at taking these kind of absurd animated and comic ideas and integrating them into this real world situation that they're trying to create in the MCU. Yeah. Um, I love it. So after that, they do the, the big three conversation. Yeah. So funny. I, it was awesome yeah like the big three it's not a thing yeah so i think the, it's a great thing i yeah. think it's a great thing like that what, what did he say that it's uh, uh aliens wizards and androids every time aliens, we fight anybody that there's one of those coming around it's one of the and, big three yeah and bucky looks like there's no such fucking thing and uh to the point where uh that they i think it's sam asks uh bucky if or no uh bucky asks sam if uh they're gonna be fighting gandalf next and uh sam's like how the fuck do you know Gandalf? He was like, yeah. you know, I read the book in 1937 when it came when out. It came out, yeah, yeah. So, just kind of funny there, like the juxtaposition of like Sam clearly probably hasn't read the books and just watched the movies, and yep. Bucky is from a time when the uh, book came out, which is just again, I, I love the interplay of like who these guys are in their time, and how that works you know we got a little bit of that in the last episode with bucky where he's uh playing battleship on the date uh with the asian american woman i i don't even think they strictly say what race she is but i gotta assume japanese if that's what they're going for there with the kind of pearl harbor connection i would assume yeah it was like a japanese bar too 
Okay. Yeah. Like sushi, sushi bar. Bar. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They went to get sushi and stuff yeah. too. But what All I right. did like about this part though, is it kind of sets up like a rule um, within the MCU going forward, which is like when you're dealing with these issues, who's responsible to actually like stop the bad guy. If there are wizards involved, we got to get Dr. Strange. Uh, if there are what it androids, you know, we got to get the vision involved. Um, even though he's dead right now, but like the specific hero. So it gives you an answer. Oh, why isn't Dr. Strange in this show? Well, it's because there are no wizards. We're not dealing with magical things. We're dealing with like the military and like super soldiers. So we're going to have those superheroes deal with those issues. If there are aliens, we got to call, you know, um, Nick Fury and we got to get the scrolls and all that in this. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something that uh, we've talked about the DCEU and like their Superman problem where you just feel like Superman could swoop in at any time. And it's because they don't establish like who fights what threat at what point. It's just kind of like everybody fights everything in that. And uh, yeah, it's a good way to establish. Yeah, they like separate it out. It's a good way to establish, though, because that is a good question sometimes. It's like, why don't they just call so-and-so? It's like, first of all. They're not always available. But second, this is their own world. This is their own territory. And this is where their expertise are in. So why would they call somebody who has a totally different skill set into this unless we're dealing with Thanos-level stuff here? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it's, it's a good idea to do that in-universe. And it's not just the explanation to say, well, that's because it's, it's from their comic book. You know, it, it, that doesn't matter. You know, it's it's having that explanation in universe. Like, well, this is this is who deals with it because that's their kind of expertise or whatever. Absolutely. Um, you know, having that in there. Yeah. So a, a lot of the um, Bucky and Sam stuff that I like in this conversation uh, carries over while they're on the plane too. You know, Bucky and Bucky and Sam kind of both struggle with like I feel I feel like the, especially this is more evident in the in the plane itself. They like struggle with the absence of Steve's leadership. Like Bucky's like he doesn't want to give Sam the control, but he he also like is not sure what to do without Cap, without Steve. Um, and like the 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 reason I'm bringing that up now is just because from from the beginning to where we see sam and bucky to when they're on the plane we already see a growth in their relationship from like the kind of the um the beginning of it where like he's really confrontational and now there there's this tension of this this like who's gonna who's gonna act first who's gonna take control um and we we just see that that through line continuing through that conversation into the plane um but anyway on the plane um we get some cool stuff too yeah, um, it, that's a really good point, though. Um, so, yeah, Bucky basically forces his way onto the plane. He says he's coming with Sam, and they've got those awkward moments together. Um, Sam jumps out of the plane, obviously pretty easy to do when he's got the flight suit. Bucky follows him because there's no parachute. Uh, and instead of using a parachute, he uses his vibranium arm to break his fall, which can't have felt good like it was actually really cool to see him just kind of like slicing through trees as he went down and everything but it was not a good landing uh looked like it was no fun and it's uh kind of like the opposite too of what you see 
Steve do in uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, where he like lands yeah. gracefully on the shield unharmed, and Bucky like he does use the thing to break his fall, but he seems like way more shaken up by it, and is just so more janky as he goes down. Um, so th- they're in this uh, warehouse, I guess, where uh, they're watching the flag smashers that they found them in Munich, Germany, and uh, they're using red wing to kind of scope things out. Uh, so they can be stealthy and uh, let's see. So, so the flag smashers are loading up these trucks and uh, all these flag smashers, like not just the one that we saw in the last episode that confronts uh, Torres seems like they're all super powered. Because uh, you see them lifting these huge crates with ease. So it's like, okay, Super Soldier Serum has been getting out somehow. And these guys got a hold of it. So that's not a good Which, situation. Doesn't that contradict? I mean, I mean, it's the MCU, so they can do whatever they want. But like, I thought the whole premise of the Incredible Hulk was to say like they hadn't done this in a while. And that's why they were like trying to create the Hulk. And then now it's like oh wait the military has been or someone or something and then we'll learn later on like yeah there were more of these well it's kind of weird so like uh you mentioned the hulk and unfortunately in the the mcu hulk movie they don't really go into like the whole backstory it's just kind of like picking up with him as hulk and that's with um uh edward norton as the hulk at the time So it's unfortunate that we like have this guy who's been in most of these big team up movies in the Hulk and we don't really have uh, an origin story for him. But uh, when it comes to the super soldier serum, like you you do think in Captain America, the first Avenger that like it's gone after they give it to him because that the whole big deal is uh, there's the guy infiltrating uh, when he's getting the serum, trying to steal it and they stop him. Um, but in Civil War, we get the opening scene with Bucky as the Winter Soldier in like 1991, and he's murdering uh, Tony's parents, and it's to retrieve a case of Super Soldier Serum. So that I think they end up using Super Soldier Serum on those Winter Soldiers that Zemo ends up uh, killing in the end of Civil War. Because all of them seem super powered uh, to the level of uh, Bucky and Cap. But they obviously don't have like the appendage like Bucky does, uh, but they seem super strong. So I think it maybe it's a downgraded version of the Super Soldier Serum. Maybe they've been trying to reproduce it over the years, but somehow they're getting it. And I gotta imagine we're gonna get answers uh, with something that comes up later. But I, I think it's gonna be tied to Hydra in some way and to Bucky and him retrieving that case, like. Where did it go? You know, obviously it was used on some of those Winter Soldiers at the uh, base in uh, Russia, but do we know what happened to the rest of it? If there was any more, was it stored, used? I, I imagine they wouldn't have tried to reproduce that serum that they stole uh, before using it all. So, well, I think we'll 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 see we'll get answers to this because I think that's why you know we'll see later on who they're going to see. Um, and, and they're looking for that specific answer, right? You yeah. know, that's a that's gonna be a big part of it. Yeah, but yeah, it, it does. 
at first seem to contradict that whole thing with like Cap seems to be the only guy who gets the super soldier serum, but they have been seeding in there uh, throughout the movies that mm-hmm. it's it's out there in some capacity. So, um, so yeah, that they're scoping out the flag smashers, they're loading up the trucks, and uh, that they find out that it's got they've got vaccines of some kind. So, who knows if that's more super soldier serum or if it's something that's actually vaccinating them, but um, I think I think it's actual vaccines, and I think this is leading up to like. Uh, your your point before Ted. I don't okay. know if we talked about this like on the podcast or not, but like, who are these people? This yeah. particular group. We're calling them terrorists, but I don't think they're terrorists. They they at least don't see themselves as that. And that you're you're right that they have sympathizers later on. And I think it makes more sense that it is actual vaccines. And I think they do mention that it's vaccines that they're trying to distribute to people. Um, well, you know, this could be an interesting parallel to because so we after after this part. Right, they go on the trucks, and we see that uh, uh, Emphis Nest is like you know the leader of the Flag Smashers. Well, these this Flag Smasher group could be very similar to uh, Emphis Nest's Cloud Riders that we see yeah. in Rogue One. You know, this like radical group that are considered terrorists by some, um, but are maybe going or trying you know to do something good. Who yeah. knows? That's a good point. Um, well, and I think they're getting lumped into like one thing, right? So we're just, yeah, this group is a is a terrorist organization, but that's the label they've been given because there are people doing bad things. Meanwhile, there are also people under the same banner who does not believe themselves to be a terrorist group, and they're doing the good things. Uh, and that's I think that's a nice parallel to what happens with like the Avengers themselves, right? Is that they're the good guys but they get labeled as something bad and now you've got like the government and people who view them negatively now uh but it's not who they are it's not who they identify with in fact they view themselves as they are you know the superheroes saving the world and whatnot right and we got in the last episode too nuance nuance absolutely and we got in the last (laughs) episode too that whole thing with they've got the kind of like dueling agendas this flag smashers do they they want a world without borders that sounds great and idealistic but then they also think things were better off before the snap or not before the snap but after the snap before everybody came back from the snap so you know it, it's this dueling agenda that probably gets certain people to join them for one reason, others to join them for another reason, and that's like what makes them iffy right now is one of those things is idealistic and great, the other kind of seems nefarious, like which is the stronger position for them? Which is the one that's going to ultimately take over in the end? Well, and even in the last episode, too, I think it's a great like discussion of good versus evil and where do they fall, this gray area. Um, you know, we're, we're told they're a terrorist organization. I don't remember what atrocities they'd done, but the crime we see them commit is robbing a bank. You know, and right. like when you're robbing a bank, who are you really robbing? You know, it's it's not necessarily the people um, who keep their money there because your money is protected. You can still get your money out even after the, the bank has been robbed. Uh, who gets screwed over is like the bank owners um, who are the millionaires and billionaires. So it's like 
in a subtle way it's we're seeing oh we've labeled them as a terrorist but what we're doing is we're going to show you all of the like the not so bad things that they're doing right so as they're scoping things out uh using red wing sam has this really cool feature with red wing apparently it's like either infrared or uh x-ray i guess and he can see through the truck and sees that in the truck there is a human passenger so he assumes immediately that it's a hostage which immediately bucky reacts they're gone yeah yeah so bucky reacts gives chase immediately and uh Sam goes after him as well. So Bucky is the first one to catch up with the truck. And, you know, always really cool to see these guys who are just running, but they're super powered, able to catch up with vehicles. And they shoot it in such a cool way that makes it look realistic. They have them, like, sprint all out in one scene where they're not near the truck. And then that they have it kind of far away so, like, it doesn't look too bad in, like, CGI and have them jump on as the actual stunt guy later on, and it looks really cool. Um, so, opens up the trailer. This is actually where they find out that it's vaccines. So, he's kind of scoping out the trailer, sees that it's vaccines that they've taken, and he finds a person that they think is the hostage, and uh, it, it's this young woman um, who and is... Yeah, it, it's the actress who plays Enfys Nest in Solo, for people who are confused about that, I'm sure. There are some people who haven't seen Solo because uh, so it's... I said Rogue One earlier, didn't I? Solo is, oh, okay. is the movie that it's from. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know, everybody kind of knows that Solo was not the best received initially. I don't know if everybody went back and watched it, and it's okay. But anyway, people might not even like you said not know it's the character. I do find it's funny though. It's like a very similar character as the last one. Oh, yeah, it, gray... it is labeled as the bad guy who might be exactly yeah and it's interesting too that it's in uh disney's two most popular properties that uh she's doing this so like she might show up in some animated movie later on who knows um so yeah he he, uh he thinks she's the hostage and uh you know as as she's okay uh she ends up just kicking the shit out of him so literally kicks him to the point where he flies out the trailer and hits the truck behind. Then he is grabbed by a couple of Flag Smasher goons. And uh, that's when Sam ends up swooping in. And uh, he sends Red Wing initially. And I, I gotta say, guys, I'm pretty sad about this. But pour one out for Red Wing. Because he is destroyed by this uh, female... Uh, flag smasher she grabs him and kind of just breaks him over her leg like a baseball bat like an angry baseball player after he strikes out and uh it was just really sad and i again pour one out for red wing hopefully he comes back you know what's gonna happen is tony had a red wing backup oh you think we're we're getting a stark red wing yeah that'd be cool without a doubt that'd be cool that'd be cool yeah, he's always got something for everybody, huh? Yeah. Or we'll get, like, a new one because we assume he's going to become Captain America, right? So we got to give him, like, a bald eagle, maybe baldy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Or he should uh, name it after himself, call it Uncle Sam. Ooh, I like that. Well, I think that, I think that, I, I did, I had that, 
irony is not lost on me, by the way, that, you know, he is he is Sam and uh, maybe becoming Captain America. Uncle Sam. That's probably one of the things that ran through his head, too, when uh, he decided to give up the shield. Is like, people are going to fucking call me Uncle Sam, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then they're going to be posters <laughs> of me pointing and... Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be too much. I can't handle that. Let's just get rid of the shield right now. Um. So yeah. Uh. The, Sam tries to stop her with Red Wing. Unfortunately, Red Wing's destroyed. Uh. And then she uh starts to subdue Sam. So she's super powerful. And when it's looking pretty dire, in comes the new Cap. He swoops in with his uh buddy. Uh, in a helicopter, and his buddy is named uh, Lamar Hoskins. We'll find out later. And he's—I called him Black Guy. Yeah. Well, yeah it, when, you, when you were, it, that's when you were a, watching. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, here comes Black Guy." That they don't like give up, him a name. That'll come up later, though. Kind of funny like, enough. Yeah, he had, with, with the he, had, he has sorry, a name badge on, but they don't give him a name. Yeah. They never like. In, they're not like they, they never say like, "Oh, see, my buddy, this is my guy." No, no, later on they do. Later on, but up until this point, we've already sure. seen this guy coming in. It's just no, it's just my black guy. No, they oh, come on. They they had the name on there. They don't even say, "Oh, Hoskins, great to see you." His name tag was there. They gave that's, a that's whole good intro to Cap. No, they give the whole intro to this new Captain America character, and they don't even tell like introduce us the character's name at any point to like the show like. Af- until after the fact i'm sorry you're, i no. think that's a crazy criticism so, so you're, uh, you're, you're thinking that uh new cap is like uh our, our former president saying there's my black guy uh well we'll get to things like that i think there's a lot you could uh you know paint this certain captain america as to be a representation of things in the real world yeah i okay yeah, you're you're right, and and when we get to that conversation, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack on what I just said about because that 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 may have a bigger implication on what we see about the kind of the the racial tones in this in this uh, episode. Um, so you may, maybe you're right. I just I thought that his name was not as important, and in, in, or you know, saying his name wasn't as important because he had the name tag. But you could you could have a point uh, with you know the implications that come in in this episode. Yeah, later on we get a, a little more context to why I think that matters. That's fair. That's fair. It's about the implication. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. While they're fighting, uh, yeah, so New Cap swoops in with his buddy, uh, black guy, so far, I guess, according to Andy. And uh, he he's looking pretty dope, actually, at this moment. He's boomeranging the shield around like a boss. I mean, it just... Well, did you see Buddy, or uh, Bucky caught it for him? Yeah, yeah. which is a really cool scene because uh, he catches it and hands it off to him like he would to Steve, but he, like, looks like... What the fuck did I just do? That's not Steve. Not Why a, am I handing it off shield. to this guy? It's like a reflex at this point yeah. for yep. both the Bucky before and the Bucky after the Winter Soldier uh, working together with Steve. So that was a really, like, really well shot moment where they focus in on his face for that split second there. Yep. I thought the whole action sequence here, like, I, I picked down the first episode a little bit of how long that action sequence was. I thought this one was done much better. Uh, it, the last one looked good. 
this one looked good too, but I thought was more grounded in what the episode was trying to do and get the plot moving forward. And it didn't go on too long. It got us to where it needed to ended it climactically enough or leaves you with like, Oh, they're okay. They, they eventually get away and whatnot. Um, but is it done? So in I think a really nice, uh, nice way. Quick contextualized action scene. Really yeah. good. Yeah. And I think it works better in this episode, too, because in the first one, Sam's flying solo. So there's really not room for banter other than between him and Torres at that point. And there's a little bit, but it works better with while he's doing the thing in action that he's talking to the man on the ground, so to speak. Uh, But in this case, because it's Bucky and Sam working together right now, having those character moments with each other makes more sense in this scene. So I, I actually like that they like played it differently in this sense. It's not even like a correction, like to something that, uh, you know, Andy would enjoy more. It's more like this is a different way of showing it because it's a different situation entirely. Sure. Um, so, uh, the fight continues here uh, with New Cap and his buddy swooping in and helping them out. And uh, Bucky ends up being in danger of being run over by the truck at one point when he's thrown off and he has to kind of slice his uh, vibranium arm through the truck in order to just cling on. So he's like half under the truck here in a desperate situation with a flag smasher, like just kicking him, just kicking down at him. The classic bad guy move when somebody's about to fall just kick him a bunch um and in this moment i actually noticed that his arm looks a little different it, it might have been noticeable earlier but it looks like he's got some wakandan tech kind of intermeshed into it now like the the purple and gold yeah. look to it now uh which, yeah. which is really interesting and maybe we'll see something new come out of it with that i i was half expecting uh him to have something that blasts uh, energy out like uh, Shuri does in Black Panther. It's going to be different. Well, and, and you saw that too when he when he ripped his sleeve off. Uh, right. That's when they showed they showed his his arm. And uh, moving forward, just going off of this point, um, he, Sam Sam says to him when when he's um, actually this might have been before prior to uh, but sam says something to him like oh you spend a little bit of time in in oh, yeah. uh, wakanda and you and and all of a sudden you're the white panther and he's like actually it's white wolf white wolf and, yeah that, uh... and he's like white wolf it's like what and i there there's gonna be some really cool bucky and wakanda stuff in this and maybe white wolf is gonna play a bigger role but yeah uh i think you're absolutely right ted there's gonna be some really cool wakanda stuff with that with that yeah well we had that teased a little bit in uh i think not Endgame, uh infinity war when uh t'challa goes to grab bucky to join the fight that's when uh white wolf is first uh, mentioned and it seems yeah. like a throwaway line but that was actually something i probably should have looked up to see if there's uh you know a bucky barnes white wolf uh marvel yeah there is hero. oh there I'm totally sure there is. is yeah, yeah. That, that was one i should have included so sorry everybody i missed one well andy what so you, it looks like you have it up what is white wolf uh it's just his one of those alter just ego, alter ego type characters probably white like wolf is an a code name so yeah um uh oh no that's just a whole bunch of 
um, things. So maybe uh, maybe it's just in the context of Wakanda when you know it's it's Winter Soldier slash White Wolf with Wakanda, you know whatever. But yeah, I I just I I I was uh, I was happy to hear White Wolf in this, and I was like, oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be some Wakanda stuff here. Yeah, good pickup because that was in uh, the warehouse scene. So I yeah, that was a little earlier. Missed adding that in. That, that's the hard part of uh, even though I take notes on these episodes, like in order to get all the banter between these two too, like. There was so much of it, and it was all so good. It, it's hard to pick up on all of it and be able to take note of it. But that was a really good one there. Um, so in this fight, by the way, uh, you know some of the cinematography I really enjoyed. Just uh, that we got a few shots of Sam flying where you're looking at him as the audience member, but then you got more of these like POV from like where Red Wing actually would have been before he was destroyed um, on Sam while flying toward the trucks. And I thought those were really cool looking during this fight. Um, so Sam goes to uh, swoop in and save Bucky from being run over. And uh, in doing so, he does say, uh, that little girl kicked your ass, which was a fun little line. Just uh, yeah. more of the jarring at him. And so uh, he, he swoops in, grabs him, uh, saving saving him from being crushed. And I, I love how they uh, kind of roll in a field. Like it, it's a really like serene looking meadow almost. And it looked like uh, Anakin and Padme yeah, rolling Anakin. together and the flowers and uh, attack of the clones. And I had a similar thought. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it works really well actually, because they're both very upset about the other being on top of them. So it's, <laughs> It's not like uh, the giggles that we get from Anakin and Padme, unfortunately. I love Sam and Bucky. These guys are going to be good together. Absolutely. So, uh, and in the fight, too, I wanted to make note of uh, the new Cap. He uses a pistol during the fight, and I, I guess it shouldn't be that jarring to me because th there are some moments in, like, the montage stuff in uh, the first Captain America movie where he walks in like with the Holland commandos by his side and he's got a shield and he's got a pistol, but I don't know. Like you rarely see Steve use anything but the shield. It's just his bare hands in the shield. And like, uh, other than getting Mjolnir later on in, uh, infinity war and, uh, end game. But I don't know. It just looked, really weird to see a guy with the shield shooting somebody with a pistol just didn't sure. play with that. Uh, and i think you're supposed totally to feel purpose. that way yeah, yeah. It tell and it's it tells you about this character yeah. this is not captain america this right. is a a new character that is for the purpose of the layperson um in this universe to tell them oh it's that you know the the hero blah 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 but in reality there's more to it than that Yep. Well, not only that, but I mean, the I, Ted, you just mentioned Mjolnir, the most honorable weapon that he could possibly use versus this uncivilized pistol. To yeah. borrow a, a, a you know a line from Obi Wan Kenobi, um, you know it, it's just a, the completely opposite uh, direction for Captain America. Yeah, and uh, just going off of that a tiny bit more. Like I said, Cap only uses the shield and his fists, and that's such a weird juxtaposition to see a guy who uses something that's supposed to protect you as a weapon 
when he's fighting strategically, but not to like kill anybody. Um, but then you've got this guy hiding behind the shield, pulling out a pistol. Really, really interesting juxtaposition and uh, imagery there in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Sam obviously uh, saved Bucky, and uh, the, the new Cap and his black buddy are still fighting on the truck, uh, but his buddy gets thrown off the truck, and it looks like he's going to, you know, pretty much die because he's going at high speed and he's gonna skid and die uh the new cap does a pretty cool move and throws the shield like a sled you know kind of going back to those like really uh smooth ways that steve used to use the shield as opposed to bucky using his arm there uh this looks super smooth and it goes under him like a sled and saves his life um but finally the the female flag smasher punches cap into a car that's behind them and uh they get away so later on bucky and sam are walking down the road looking pretty defeated and uh they're arguing having their banter back and forth and uh this is actually when uh the new cap and his buddy pull up in a military jeep and offer them a ride and they're not having it at this point and I wouldn't either because they didn't ask for their help. They didn't like that this guy's the new Captain America to begin with. And he's coming in and he's acting like he's their buddy too. Like he, he he doesn't even go through the motions of introducing himself or anything. He's just like, you know, this is what we got to do next time. Uh, we, we've got to catch up with these guys and this is the intel we've got. And uh, we, we could really use your help instead of like, Hi, it's a real honor to meet you. Uh, I'm so honored to be Cap now and so honored to meet you guys who were his sidekicks, the guys working by his side. Instead, like he just goes into like, we need to be working together immediately and it does not play well for them. They want nothing to do with this fucking guy. Yeah, no, this guy sucks. And this is where we get mention of the the organization too that they're a part yep. of. We, we get the reveal that these... Uh, this Captain America works for an organization, um, like called the GRC or yeah. something like that. Um, Global Repatriation Council. Yeah, and it's, it's this is like a pseudo government that was established uh, during the blip. I'm assuming to kind of you know manage uh, all of the chaos that was caused. And now we're we're well, it's still you know chaos. But the show has done a lot to sh- like move us past that chaotic part. But it's clear that these individuals, they've got power and that they don't want to, or individuals, this collective organization has power now and they don't want to give up that power. They want to maintain it, expand it. And I think this this is our new um, true bad guy, uh, if you will. Not necessarily character, but organization at least to, uh, to hate on. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be interesting going forward because that's another one kind of like the Flag Smashers where on the surface they've got this uh, scheme, or not even a scheme, but the agenda is supposedly to help everybody who came back from the snap and uh, reestablish things. But it seems like the big problem with them, as we find out later on in this episode, is, well, they do a lot for these people who came back but they could give fuck all about anybody who was here and struggling before and they offer nothing to them. So that it's going to be an interesting thing moving forward. One world, one people. Absolutely. We love our chance here, uh, you know, between the star Wars stuff and Marvel stuff. This is the way. 
Absolutely. I have spoken. Um, so, yeah, they mentioned the GRC, uh, who's tasked with providing resources to people who came back from the snap. Um, and we're introduced finally to black guy, uh, Andy's favorite guy, Lamar Hoskins. Uh, and so for, first, uh, they're like, you know, who, who the fuck are you finally? Like, and it kind of plays to Andy's point is like a lot of the stuff that happens in this, like, seems like it's really stupid, but it seems like it's all done on purpose when you get later into the episode and, you know, going off of this whole race thing that we're going to get into, uh, with this show, it's going to play a lot on the themes of what's going on in America today and what has gone on in America in the past. Um, so yeah, so we're introduced to him and, uh, it's after one of them asks, you know, who are you? And he says, I'm Lamar Hoskins. And Sam says like, I'm going to need a lot more than like, that's your name. That doesn't explain anything why you're in this getup that you're wearing. So he doesn't really offer much more. And he says, oh, I'm Battlestar. I'm uh, Walker's sidekick here. So, you know, Battlestar is a character in the comics, by the way. And all I could really glean after a cursory search is like he does seem to be the Falcon to this new cap. He seems to be just the sidekick. As far as I can tell, and I'm sure more people would yell at me and say that there's more to him, but I don't know. I just don't know much about him, and that's what it said on cursory searches. So, you know, it kind of fits, actually, that it's just like, I'm just this guy. I'm his sidekick. So, New Cap mentions that he wants them to team up, like I said. He's trying to say that he's not here to replace Steve, and it would be also be so much easier if he had cat's wingman on his side and like he thinks this is something that's like gonna play well with them and when he says says the wingman that's when sam's like you know you just had to add that extra sentence like it's adding that insult to injury where you know they they obviously were sidekicks with steve and there's the whole sidekick complex that we'll probably get into in this series but on top of that, he was a guy that they respected and were happy to work side by side with. But here comes this fucking guy, and he's like, you know, I respect you guys, but it'd be really cool if you be my sidekicks now, because I'm Captain America now. I'm not trying to replace Steve, but I just said that a sentence before I, I'm saying I want to replace Steve, and I want you to be my sidekicks now. And that does not work when you're talking to these guys. They're very prideful. Oh. And I get it. I can still understand this character's motivation. Um, he's He thinks by working for this organization, at least it's how it's presented right now, that he's doing the right thing. And it would be much easier, instead of us fighting, we just team up. I, I don't want to be, you know, Steve. I'm this Captain America. And it would look way better if we we're all working together. Um, it would just solve a lot more issues. So I'm still not sympathetic, but understanding of this character so far. I mean, he's he's there for propaganda. Yeah, he and, and and this is getting them on his side is more of a marketing ploy than anything else. Well, not only that, it's just to further, you know, his goal here. It's you guys need to help me because I'm Captain America and you're the sidekicks. And, you know, if we all work together rather than you guys working as free agents, which is what 
Sam ends up saying they are is essentially we're free agents. Uh, you guys do your own fucking thing because we're not working for the government. We don't have these restrictions that you have. Um, so it, it's just this thing that does not mesh at all when it comes down to it because he's really just trying to recruit them when it comes down to it uh, for no benefit of their own. Uh, they're trying to do their own thing here. So, um, so after this, we, we catch up with the Flag Smashers again, and uh, we see that they're given refuge in like this safe house with this family that supports their cause, and uh, they've got this whole kind of in-law apartment area of their home carved out for them uh, for a place to sleep. They give them a bunch of food, and they've got a computer in the room and all this stuff they can use to you know help them on their way as kind of a rest stop, uh, a refuge. It looked like an, it looked like an internet cafe. That, that these sweet people that was my guess oh okay yeah i think it looked like there's probably like a fan like they own this internet cafe and that's how like they they discovered them oh. you know they're internet people uh that and then they've sense. got like a a safe room in the back essentially yeah that would make sense i guess it's an interesting pickup um so when one of them is on their computer uh you know he he's saying that he's kind of uh erasing their aliases and kind of their footprints after this run-in with uh, the new Cap and uh, Bucky and Sam, uh, we see when he's doing this, they do a close-up on uh, the leader here, the the Enfys Nest uh, actress. Her name is Carly Morgenthau. And uh, just to tie this in quickly to the comics again, there's no Carly Morgenthau in uh, Marvel Comics, but there is a Carl Morgenthau, and that is the singular character, Flag Smasher. Uh, so we mentioned in the last episode of this that uh, Flag Smasher is a singular character, and we thought it was interesting that they're using the name for a group right now. Um, so Carly Morgenthau is the feminized version of Carl Morgenthau, and it would seem at this point that this would at least be the leader. So if there's one you could call Flag Smasher, I'd say it's her currently. We might find out more as we go on. But... Well, I think that's where I would disagree is we we find it out. Like, I think she's the face, the representation of the organization. They all look up to her. Um, she's like the, the not the, the leader you want. There's like a term for it. But like, she becomes the leader because they see, they can look up to her. But she gets that text message that says like i'm coming for you i know like i want my stuff back as if like she's working for someone else well i mean it, to me it's more it, it's kind of like the um well there definitely could be you know she could be working for somebody else and everything but uh, she's like the katniss everdeen of yeah. uh you know of of this organization she's the marketing piece She's the face that everybody yeah. can look at um, and kind of give the organization a character. Um, and that that's kind of what it seems like to me as well. Well, and also on top of that, it's not just that it, it's like she's the face of it, but she's doing something she's not supposed to be doing. This is not like what they intended to do. Yeah. So I think this is that she's... that when I was talking about the organization of what are they called again? The GRC. Yeah, no, the flag smashers. This, oh, sorry. This, yeah, like because you're like the juxtaposition now of these two different organizations, the GRC and now the flag smashers. Right, the flag smashers are labeled a terrorist group, and there is probably truth to that. But what you're seeing is that the the character now we know Carly, um, 
she is probably more of on the like the activist side of it and kind of got roped up into the quote unquote terrorist side of it. And you, this is like her trying to do the thing that she wants to do. She wants to save the people. She wants to reunite the world under one banner, not these um, separate war, uh, conflicting countries and whatnot, constantly at war with one another. She saw the good in what came as a result of the blip. So it's, I think this is where it's, she's not the main bad guy. She might be bad because of association and what she's done to get to this point, perhaps. But clearly, I think this is establishing she is not the main bad person. And there's some big baddie out there that we'll wait, meet later on, which could be Zemo, too. Um, I, I, I would be suspecting that, like, even though he's in jail right now, the marketing for him has him look like he's a member of the Flag Smashers. So I would suspect that, like, maybe he's actually the big baddie kind of working like from jail essentially to work behind the scenes. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting idea. Um, maybe. So anyway, uh, after this, this is actually where, uh, we get the first mention of like what the issue is with the GRC. She actually is the one who says they care more about the refugees from the blip than they do about the people who survived it. Um, and this is also where we first get their uh, kind of moniker, the One World War One People, and that's their rallying cry, their moniker, their chant, I guess. And uh, that's probably, going back to what you were saying, Andy, about like her uh, cause in all of this, that's probably where that chant stems from more than anything. It's like the, the good in this, but yeah, we might find out more about the bad going forward here. Um, so later on, uh, Bucky mentions that he, uh, wants to steal the shield back, which is something that I, uh, suggested might happen in this series. So, uh, kind of keep that in the back of your heads as we go forward. Uh, Sam actually disagrees though. And, you know, tells him that none of this was what he wanted but uh, Bucky ends up telling him after this that there's somebody that he wants him to meet. So he brings him to uh, this house, seemingly in the projects it looks like in an area, and um, to meet this old man named Isaiah. So it's this old African-American man named Isaiah who uh, ends up mentioning that Bucky, as Hydra's Winter Soldier was hunting him down and uh, hunted down several of his uh, colleagues who were apparently soldiers who had some form of the super soldier serum and were uh, experimental super soldiers. And apparently this guy, Isaiah, was the only one who survived the encounter with the Winter Soldier. Uh, so to quickly uh, stem off of that, going into comics again here, uh, Isaiah Bradley, I looked up, I only had the first name to go by, uh, off of this episode, but I'm assuming this is, uh, who he is. Isaiah Bradley in the comics is, uh, depicted as an early product of the U.S. super soldier program during World War II, and at one point he is known by the, ca uh, Captain America title, so, uh, it looks like there's an alternate Captain America, uh, this Isaiah Bradley, at least in the comics. So that'll be interesting to see if 
more comes from that with him. Uh, I imagine with the way they left things off, maybe we won't see him again. Maybe it was just a tidbit thrown in there. But uh, okay, I think it's definitely this is a plot device to like set up why are there the other super soldiers out there um, that it wasn't just Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers. There are more. So it's a thing that maybe has been leaked, um, you know, that now the bad guys have it. And that's why we're seeing these uh, other super soldiers today. Um, but then it's also setting up the, I think, more thematic uh part of why we're getting this disney plus show which has to deal with race uh you know race as a as an issue um or a concept in particular in the united states right yeah i mean if we could touch on that for a minute you know i think this sequence um maybe it was a little bit on the nose but i mean well and it comes up a little later we get an even more direct like here's the problem with it in the next scene of course. Yeah. I mean, if I guess if we want to go through that scene quickly and then we can kind of backtrack and touch on the, the, yeah. the, the race implications, we can do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, while, while talking to Isaiah, Bucky, you know, tells him that even though they were on opposite sides of, uh, their conflicts before and that he's not the winter soldier anymore, he says, Hey, you know, there are more people like us out there who have this super soldier serum in them. And I need some information from you so we can try to backtrack this. Like, do you know how they possibly got a hold of this stuff, how it's still been in existence here, and if we can track anybody down? But the guy uh, throws him out of the house, essentially. uh, And we find out that he's got the super soldier serum when he picks up an object. I couldn't even really tell what it was and throws it angrily and it gets lodged into the wall so this guy's got some strength even in his old age and he's like get the fuck out of my house i don't want to talk to you about this especially because you know when he interacted with him he was the winter soldier whether he says that now or not uh doesn't really matter to this guy so he throws them out and uh they're they're outside kind of dejected here and um Right before this, actually, he does tell them that uh, because of like what he went through, he was put in jail and tested on for 30 years. So, like, I really hope we get more into that, his backstory, as far as, like, what exactly happened to him, um, you know, why he was thrown into jail and why he was tested on so much. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see some of the other implications that come from that uh, based on race as well as we get more into some of the later stuff in this episode. So, um, that's when they end up leaving his house and Sam actually, you know, tells Bucky that he's upset that there was a super soldier, uh, a black super soldier, and that nobody ever told him that Steve never told him, Bucky never told him. And Bucky reveals that Steve didn't even know. So, uh, he kept it secret from Steve And while they're walking, they're actually approached by cops because uh, it looks like they're having some kind of dispute. And uh, this is where some of the race implications come in is uh, they get more in Sam's face than anything at first. And, you know, they say there's no conflict, you know, leave us alone. We're all good here. And uh, it's it's only when one of the cops realizes who Sam is, that he's Falcon, kind of going back to that first episode where the banker realizes who he is. It's like. Oh, 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 no worries. You're good to go here. Uh, Nothing to see here. Let's leave you be. 
Um, well, we missed another little important scene in this episode too. I, I think it's it's either right before they're going to the house, they or it's in another. I can't remember oh, now where it happened. The kid, yeah, yeah, he goes, oh, it's yeah. um, it's uh, black Falcon. black Falcon, and he's like black Falcon. No, it's just the Falcon. And he goes, no, you're black, and it's like, and he's saying, but does that matter? Like he's like trying to say, like why are why are you you know making it about my race in this instance? Um, where that part isn't important, yeah. But race is very important. It is uh, very important, as we're about to find out in this particular scene we're talking about. Absolutely, and it's a good comedic moment to uh, to approach this tough subject. And like when they first introduce it here with the kid, because he does say, you know, what would I call you, black kid? You know, is that yeah. your title? Is that what everybody would call you? So you know, he throws it right back at him. But it, it's a nice comedic way to lift a little bit of the tension and ease people into the conversation that we're about to have here. Um, which doesn't necessarily need to happen for a lot of people, but for some people they kind of do need to be nudged in there and eased into it. Right. Well, and, and, and so to, to kind of finish up this scene and then we can get into that is basically the, the cop tells the cop like asks Bucky, "Is this guy bothering you?" And and seems like he's like, "No, I'm not. Bo- I'm not. Be- he's not bothering me. Do you know who this is?" So and 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 then the cop realizes that oh, it's it's Falcon, and oh, everything is fine. Um, but everything's not fine actually with Bucky. He's the one that has a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, now what his the warrant is for, um, you know, is is i guess more of a white collar thing you know he he missed his his therapy session um you know and which was would be you know which the cop even says again and this is just everything in this scene is it it has a race implication the cop says it's like missing a check-in with your po right like missing a uh which you know he's comparing it to a black person who would have to check in with their po right every single thing in this scene has a uh something racial implicated by it um and and that's why i wanted to touch on you from the beginning of this scene black falcon oh why does that matter now we get into seeing isaiah um who was a black super soldier who was constantly tested on likely because of his skin color who was thrown behind enemy lines to fight radicals by himself because he was a disposable black super soldier you know he was uh hidden from everybody he nobody knew about isaiah even sam even cap did not know about this guy likely because of his race um and that like and it's just constant and and i think they did it yes maybe it was a little on the nose maybe it was um a little much but i think disney did an amazing job with this sequence of really showing and i wish they did it in a a little more subtly throughout the episode as well and and there are some points in there but um they they wanted you to know in this scene that that you know sam in particular is going to struggle with this um through this series um and and this was just an exposition on you know racial tensions and racial issues uh, as a whole um, but Sam in particular being the one that's going to have to deal with it. Yeah. I, I do like the way they do it with subtlety though. Like you could easily go for the the easy, just like right in your face version of this where it's just 
surface level okay racism by cops here we go but it's it's the subtleties in it the way they talk to him you know i think it might go over some people's heads if they're not paying enough attention to it and it's really done well it i i hope not too but you know this country and i don't think it was like it, it i i don't think it was subtle i don't think it was subtle at all i think it was in your face intentional and if 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 it's missed that's a really big problem well i think that's on the the individual you know it's more about your personal character than yeah the writers and what they're doing i think it's more subtle than what we've seen in other media though i i think there are a lot of things that put things out there that are like way more on the nose of somebody reaches in their pocket and they've got a certain skin color and they get the uh, guns turned on them, stuff like that. This was more personal interactions rather than like going to the extreme of it, I guess. You know, it, it does get into it, obviously, when they ask Bucky if he's bothering him. But, you know, it, it immediately pulls back by, okay, you're Falcon, awesome, cool. You know, and these guys are, it, I think it's like a constant tug of war, I guess. Maybe not subtle. But it's a different way of doing it rather than just going from zero to 60 like a lot of other forms of media do with this kind of stuff and like doing it really on the nose. I think this one did a back and forth to really show that duality. So I I guess subtlety wasn't the right word, but I think the duality is shown more prevalently in this because you've got the interplay of the white character with the black character when a lot of media I think you just see like white cops approaching black person you know i i understand what you're saying i just don't think that i i think that the only thing that what i guess wasn't um explicit was you know they 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 pulled a gun out on him right away right but from the beginning of the interaction sir calm down sir you don't have to get angry you know is he bothering you though there was no like real pushback of the i mean the, the, uh, there was pushback obviously but right from the beginning it was escalated by the by the white police officer by by the police officer doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter the skin color yeah police officer and, and we find out just in a few minutes or moments later that they're actually there to get bucky but that's not why they stop these two individuals. They stop Correct. these two individuals because they see a white man um, being y- yelled at by a black man. Um, that's their a tense interaction between yeah. in, in, between uh, a white man and a black man. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying I, I guess it, it feels less on the nose than other things that I've seen where it, maybe it's just because my wife watches a lot of fucking uh, SVU. Oh, and, and I think... Yeah. I'm just uh, seeing that like really surface level network TV bullshit version of like, we're tackling the issue guys. It's like, no, you're not You're assholes. Well, and I think the show's been setting this up since the first episode now. And we got to see it, you know, really at the end scene of episode one and then laid out throughout this episode. So what I was talking about before with the character Lamar, um, uh, yeah, he, yeah, like he's it's literally just being used as a um, a character, a character. I can't even say the word. Uh, caricature. 
caricature. Thank I you. totally understand your point yeah. with that now. But uh, now, yeah, like, I, yeah. oh, why this person? Like, obviously, these two people have a history with one another. Um, that just happens to be a convenient fact. But what's better is that this is a black person that can be teamed up with the Captain America figure because that's what the last Captain America had. So this person is literally the token black man. Uh, and that's how we're going to portray him. And we're not going to, we'll give you his name, but we also got the other character name, but we're not going to introduce you. We're not going to give him, we're just going to use him as a way to support this other character. Uh, and I think that's a, like the representation of, um, I can't think of the way to describe it other than like toxic white cisgendered men. Uh, and that's like what's being represented in here. Oh, and then you got your token black person uh, with him. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I totally understand that point, you know, and, and why you were making it now. You know, I, I, I certainly like my my pushback was more about, you know, well, you don't have to like more of a directional, you know, uh, pushback was you don't, yeah. you don't necessarily have to have, you know, the explicit introduction of a character to make them a, a an actual character. No, I, I don't need the, the, uh, the exposition. This is Lamar. He's the best friend and nice to right. meet you. And, and like, that's the argument that I thought story. you were making. Yeah, no, no, no. But no, yeah, having basically letting allowing him to be in the background as the as the black character, you know, and not giving him uh, his due character, you know, that that in a racial racial implication, uh, I totally understand. So it was a good call out at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they do a good job at, at kind of plotting this stuff throughout um, the series so far. Um, but this it all kind of led up to this scene and i don't think disney is 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 going to allow you with this scene to overlook the uh the racial discussion in this series no well and i think that's the point of what this show is going to be uh it, you have to have the answer to and what happens with captain america can, just to jump in real quick, I, yeah. I don't, I, sh I shouldn't say Disney. Uh, I don't mean to say Disney uh, because I, I'm not. I, Disney does not deserve the credit for this. The show, the writers, writers yeah, yeah. Are you and, saying and... that the company that owns everything that was run by a uh, Nazi sympathizer does not deserve credit, Zach? That's what I'm saying. Um, oh, that's really brave. And, and not not just that, but is the, the you know the the corporation does not deserve credit for right. the content. It, it's like the it's it's the it's the uh individual proprietors that that actually create this content that deserve the credit for it. So yeah. I I will I say Disney a lot, but it has nothing to do with Disney. Yep, absolutely. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean I just I I just realized Well, now now we have to individually to name so, them every episode. And you go ahead and Now you put thoughts. that on us. <laughs> Well, I, I guess we can save this conversation to like the the speculation part of it, but I see where this the show's going. Uh, this is the message we have to uh, address: how we get the Falcon to be a black um, figure in the what year is this now? Twenty twenty three or something? In no, I don't even. Know. Uh, yeah, I guess that would make. Yeah, is it? Is it a twenty twenty three? I think that's it's right. something like that because it's you know set in like the near future. Um, but it's contextualized within today's society. So this is a really great story for them to tell, and we're gonna get how it fits into the MCU and the story that they're trying to tell. But like the the message of this is we're going to elevate a person of color, a black person, to a a prominent position within a fictional universe and that's going to allow us to have a discussion about race 
and see imagery and talk about metaphor and all of that and give something kids to look up to. So just like Black Panther was a way for uh, people of color, particularly black people, children especially to look up to a hero. We're getting that same thing now, but tied directly into like the issues of like American society. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was a long con <laughs> conversation, but I think it needed all that. Well, yeah, I was just going to say it, it was long and it was lengthy, but th that's the thing. That's what type of things this engenders, and that's why it's so important that it's put into prominent media so we can have these discussions because it's not always easy to do it uh, just when you're watching the news and all this shit. That's really what divides people. Anyway, um, so Bucky's taken away. He's arrested for missing <laughs> his... Uh, court mandated uh sessions with his shrink and that's part of his pardon like we said in the last episode so sam is waiting for him at the police station um and bucky shrink walks in and says that uh bucky is going to be released and introduces herself to him and uh while bucky's coming out uh he's like well thank you for bailing him out uh everything and she's like oh i didn't do it and in comes fucking new cap again and he all hey how's it going all you other patriots here shaking the hands of uh the police officers and they're all buddy buddy and it, it just goes more into this whole thing that we're getting into with implications of police and authority and race and taking over for somebody when you seemingly shouldn't have she she ends up uh telling Bucky and Sam that they have to have a session immediately and uh it's a pretty funny scene because Sam's like well no I don't have to she's like yeah you're coming in here anyway so she's such a strong personality that she is able to pull him into it begrudgingly and uh when she sits him down she uses this thing called the miracle question which I'm not aware of because uh I guess I'm lucky enough to not have been at couples counseling before but um, she says it's something that she uses as an exercise with couples where she asks them, what miracle would you want in your life that'll instantly make your life better? So both of them end up giving the snarky response of like, I want him to fucking talk less. And uh, then she forces them to face each other uh, in their chairs and makes them get really, really close to the point where they're pretty much interlocking legs, a uh, super uncomfortable scene for them, but uh, they actually go with it. Like, they're just like, yeah, I guess this is as fucking close as we can get. And uh, makes them look into each other's eyes. She then asks... Uh, oh, Just a ahead. quick clarification. So she actually uses two techniques. I don't remember what the first one was, and it might be the mir the, the miracle question, um, but it's, it fails and she's like, all right, now I got to go to my extreme one. So right, like, right, she's right. going like advanced couples therapy. She starts with like, all right, we're going to do like the intro one. And like, all right, that's not fucking working. We got to go into the deep shit now. Well, it's because they gave the snarky answer. So she's yeah. like, okay, they're both being assholes. They're both so similar that they're not liking each other too. That that's the funny thing too, is like, these guys are so alike it's like when you meet the person that's yeah. exactly like you and like somebody tells you that you'd love them and then you're like i fucking hate I him hate yeah i cannot you stand <laughs> this guy he is too much like me that's why i never understand those people who are like when i get married my wife better like star wars she better like marvel she better like everything i like me and my wife have so dissimilar interests 
and we get along great. Maybe that works for other people, but I don't fucking understand the people who like say that's a prerequisite. That's just a little bit of a rant. I don't know. <laughs> uh, agreed. But I also wanted to point out the awesomeness of Bucky's therapist. Uh, I really like her character. Like she even like she can't she can't stand these guys in in the way that they're acting towards each other. She's, she's even like sweet Jesus. What like she says sweet Jesus. Yeah. In front of them, from the way that they're acting, I just I think her character is awesome. Yeah, I love her. It should also be pointed out too that uh, in the first episode in this one, uh, she mentions a couple of times that she's a vet herself. So yeah. it's not just a therapist who like can't relate to these guys. She knows exactly what both have been through, uh, as far as like PTSD and uh, not being able to acclimate to civilian life and all these other things that come with being a vet. So it's not like uh, it, there's this snarky therapist who can't really relate to them. Uh, she knows exactly what's going on. That's why she's like so short with them, too. It's like, okay, I know these guys. This isn't going to work with them. And yeah, this is going to be true. the only way that I can get them to do it. And that's like what engenders that reaction of like, sweet Jesus. Like, I've seen this shit before. I'm done. Um, She's good. So she ends up asking them when they're looking eye to eye, Bucky, what aggravates you about Sam? And uh, Bucky basically says, like, Sam, why the fuck did you give up the shield? And uh, Sam responds saying that, you know, uh, well, actually, Bucky says, you know, Steve trusted it to you and it's his legacy. It's like this important symbol. So, like, we get, like, from the characters exactly how important this shield is like and we know how important it is just by watching this already but they're saying it right on the nose that this is such an important thing both from steve and for you going forward and um so in that he also says you know if if steve was wrong about you then maybe he was wrong about me so that that's like one of the deeper issues with Bucky too is like, what if Steve was wrong about believing in me post winter soldier that I could go back to being a good person again. So, um, it was a really interesting interaction between them. And, you know, in that too, Sam does say that he never wanted any of this to happen. You know, this was exactly what he was trying to avoid and he wants him to respect that. But, um, obviously they're not seeing eye to eye right now. And I thought it was interesting too. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. I watch a lot of these movies over and over again. And one of my favorite ones is, uh, the winter soldier. And you can hear Cap's theme from the winter soldier in civil war played in a different version of it, but it's played underneath their conversation together because they are, they are part of Cap's legacy too, not just the shield. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to like hearing more stuff with uh, the music too. Cause I, I mentioned in the last episode um, there were certain moments where Bucky was Bucky, but you'd hear the winter th soldier theme play underneath him when it was something that was referring to something he had done in the past. So I, I like how they're playing with the music from the movies and playing it in here while also introducing their own stuff as well. Yeah, well, this this scene and and just to follow up with, on on what I was talking about earlier with the Bucky and uh, and Sam character growth, 
and their relationship to the struggle of the uh, kind of the absence of Steve's leadership. Um, it, it kind of manifests in this scene where they're both trying to figure out how to navigate not only themselves, but their relationship with the lack of Steve's uh, leadership. They're both kind of trying to take over Steve's legacy or continue Steve's legacy or protect Steve's legacy. Um, they're, they, they're in a bit of a power struggle with each other. Um, and they're both just trying to do right by Steve. Um, and uh, all, all of that just kind of manifests in this scene here uh, that was that I'm just following up on from what I was talking about earlier in the uh, the plane scene. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see where it goes. I think that um, I, I I hope to see that they can cooperate on the uh, you know kind of the, the the continuation of Steve's legacy. Yeah, I, I would imagine they will. That's probably going to be the end result of this, but we'll see. It's been interesting so far. So, um, yeah, Sam said that he thought he did what was right, uh, but they, they can't really agree. So he just suggests, you know, we're going to squash the beef here right now just so we can get out of this session. We've got work to do. We don't have time for this shit. And uh, so they shake hands. They agree to just get to work against the flag smashers and they'll maybe pick this shit up later on. Well, they uh, come to agreement. They'll work together on the condition that once it's done, we'll never talk to them. Oh, another. that's right. Yep. Yep. They're going to go their separate ways completely, which we know it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Gonna happen. But, right. um, so when they get outside the station, new cap is waiting outside and, uh, he tells them about Corley Mark, Carly Morgenthau, the leader of the Flag Smashers, uh, that she's bringing the vaccines to the camps uh, that are established in Eastern Europe of sympathizers to the Flag Smashers' cause. Uh, Sam tells them that they shouldn't work together since New Cap has all these authorizations and uh, rules of engagement being part of the government and the GRC. Uh, and he says, you know, me and Bucky are free agents here. We're just kind of freewheeling it here and winging it and we can pretty much do whatever the fuck we want. We've got no jurisdiction or restrictions, I guess, so to speak. Uh, and Cap's response to this again, you know, that this is him again trying to recruit them to be the sidekicks along with Lamar with him. And uh, he says, well, you know, if you guys are going to go do your own thing and be free agents, then stay the hell out of our way because we've got a job to do. So there's going to be more tension going forward. You know, they're, at least leaving on decent terms right now as far as, like, they're not at each other's throats physically, but something's going to come to a head, I think, later on. Um, so we've got this scene later on here, which uh, we mentioned before we started recording was uh, one of our least favorite scenes. Um, we've got the Flag Smashers. They're loading up this plane with a bunch of the vaccines, and uh, these authorities are coming for them, probably the GRC or some other branch of the military, government, whatever. Uh, and one of the Flag Smashers tells Carly that he'll stay back to buy them time to escape. So they, they give the chant, uh, one world, one people. He stays behind and, you know, it's supposed to be this like epic escape scene for them i guess where he actually buys them time by distracting them all he does is go up to like a telephone pole bring it down in front of them to like stop uh these officials from coming any further 
And then he decides to bum rush them with no weapons whatsoever and like just being a super soldier. But super soldiers aren't bulletproof completely. And he just gets bullets rained on him and dies in a blaze of glory like. And they focus none of their fire on the plane. They just shoot this guy until he's human Swiss cheese. And they just waste their time. So, like, they do escape. The purpose is achieved. But, like, the scene doesn't work well. I really don't understand why they weren't chasing the plane more. Oh, and it's very low budget. Like, it looks like something you would watch on regular basic cable. This is network television-esque um like effects wise like it's kind of like a slow motion like getting shot thing and like the plane just like kind of flying off like it's it's just not good i would have i don't think we needed this scene i don't think it added anything other than maybe you might now care about these characters more because they're willing to like sacrifice themselves for carly but other than that like i could have done without it yeah do we know really quickly if, because uh, th- this show too, I think was hampered as well uh, by COVID a little bit as far as shooting. Do we know if there were like any reshoots in this? Because that feels like a reshoot scene where they just kind of threw it in there, you know? Like the, like you said, that low budget where the, the focus is really off and uh, the, the way it looked is not on par with everything else. I If they did have any of their shooting hampered by COVID, I... I would think that's one that sticks out like a sore thumb. But. I don't remember hearing anything about that particularly um, that affected. Like I know with WandaVision, uh, we, we learned after the fact that there was stuff that was cut. Like it was supposed to be 10 episodes or something um, that got refiddled to nine. I don't know if this one was intended to be more than six episodes and refiddled, uh, but that could be the case. Yeah. That'd be interesting to find out. Um well, anyway, so they escape, and uh, we then go to a scene where uh, Bucky is talking with Sam again, and he comes to the realization that Isaiah was talking about Hydra when he said, you know, your people came after me, you and your people. And uh, Sam at first, you know, uh, playing off the race thing again, thought that he was talking about you know white people coming after him as a black super soldier but it was more you know hydra in particular was just coming after uh seemingly on the side of good super soldiers and trying to take them out so he realizes that's what he was talking about and uh he not super excitedly suggests you know we've got to go meet with this one dude who knows everything about the secrets of Hydra. And who do we know in the MCU who knows pretty much everything there is to know about Hydra at this point? Because Hydra's been taken down, the the Hydra infiltrated shield, everybody's probably behind bars or dead in some capacity. Who really knows all the secrets after uh, Black Widow leaked all the information from Hydra to the real world? That's Zemo. He's the one who hunted down uh, Bucky to get the codes to activate the Winter Soldier initiative in him. And uh, he's the one who knew where the base was in uh, Russia to get rid of the other Winter Soldiers. So they do say, I wasn't a big fan of this. Uh, Sam, like in response is like, 
I guess we're going to go find Zemo. And it's like, yeah, you, you didn't have to say it. I think everybody gets it. Uh, but the, because especially, too, they, the last shot we get is uh, in Zemo's cell. It's just him kind of looking up, realizing that somebody's maybe coming for him. Well, I agree with that take that they didn't need it for you Marvel fans. I had no idea who the heck this guy was and what his relationship. And that's Disney is still trying to tailor these products to people who are not familiar with the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's just a janky line, though. It's just saying the thing that you're gonna do. And just directionally it was you know, a little much you know, yeah they could they could they could have they could have saved it for the next episode or you know uh either shown him or just said it and it, it's just you know it's a little a little repetitive I, yeah i mean i would have probably preferred like a, a shot of like the you know going into the jail and like they you see like the prisoner like numbers of their cells and they go through and it's like xeno is like what the thing that they um or zemo they see it like on the computer screen and that like lets you know it's the setup yeah. i think that would have been better but no they gotta you have to tell your audience like oh we're, we're going to see zemo who's zemo and now you can go through and do all of your googling to remember like oh that's that guy from those movies i remember him now or you could listen to episode one of this podcast where we recapped all of the main characters including zemo thank you yeah, we spoiled um, it for them anyway, so you're getting angry that we, of the thing that we did. We gave it away. <laughs> well, that's right. We didn't in even more see detail. In the episode. We could have had this would have been like a better reveal. Like, oh, Zemo's in it, but Ted, you had to go and be like, well, Zemo's the character that we know from all the uh, the marketing for this. Well, I, I mean, it is though. That that's why I thought you're right. You're we, right. we should tackle him first because. He's on all the marketing, and Agent 13 was on all the marketing, too, and she hasn't shown up yet. They only mention that she's on the run in this episode, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, they did mention it to her, yep, or mention her. So yep. she's, she might show up next episode. That's probably a good lead-in for her to show up. Uh, maybe that's how they get in to speak to Zemo somehow. But actually, she's on the run, so she would have no pull, I imagine. I thought that's the character that they were going to see when he was mentioning, like, we need to go talk to someone. Um, when they go to see Isaiah, I thought we were going to go see the, that one agent lady, hmm. agent Carter. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a good way to bring up this character is we at the go find her for somehow, you know, where she's up to or doing whatever. Yeah. I like that. They went to go see this Isaiah character though. Yeah. It adds a total different layer to this whole thing and, uh, throws you for a loop too. You know, if you are thinking that, you know, it's going to linearly introduce us to all the characters that we know are going to be in it like I did with the recap thing. Uh, instead, it's introducing all these other little threads, even if it doesn't go beyond that scene with Isaiah. Like, you know there was a black super soldier and there are implications for that. And that's just a really cool thread to drop in this too. And it's awesome too that it connects to the actual comics, that it connects to this was the guy who was the actual black Captain America. Um, so that was really interesting. Um yeah, so that's how it ends. Um, I really enjoyed this episode, though. Uh, from start to finish, for the most part, you know, other than that last scene, it's kind of janky. I agree with Andy that you do have to tell the general audience who Zemo is, uh, just maybe in a different way. Makes more sense, like you said, uh, zooming in on a computer. You know, they did it earlier with Carly, actually. You know, you don't see her introduced until... Uh, 
John Walker, the new Cap, says her name later on. But you you might not put two and two together unless you see that computer screen with her picture showing her with that name. Uh, but anyway, uh, th- this episode overall, I had a good time with it. I think it got more into the action. Uh, you know, it picked up at a better pace than the first episode. But I think the first episode served its purpose of setting up where these characters really are uh, in their mental state, what's going on in their personal lives, and what will motivate them through this series. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, a great episode. Um, I thought, uh, you know, maybe outside of that one directional decision, the, the, this is great, uh, well shot, well directed. Uh, dialogue was on point. I love the themes of this series so far and the character growth that we've seen from our main characters and uh i am now bought in i'm excited to see the next episode i think we are going to move very quickly over the next few episodes because we are at the halfway point already next week so if you are following a typical you know storyboard this is the rising action now. We have to get to the the climax of some big event happening. And then usually, you know, good storytellers will do that in like the penultimate episode, your second to last, and then give you that third episode to, uh, or the third episode, the final episode to wrap up, um, have the, either it's the last battle or whatever the thing is to lead you into what's the, what are the stakes now that this has happened. Uh, what are the repercussions going forward? So I, I'm excited because we'll probably get into not that means more action, but more like relevancy to the the actual story that's trying to be told throughout the series. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting points. Um, any speculation or anything going into the next episode based on what we saw? Or do you think it's still too early to go into any of that? I mean, for for next episode, I mean, we'll I don't know if we'll actually go to see Zemo next episode, um, but, uh, you know, in the next couple, we'll probably see Zemo and get more information about these super soldiers and where they came from. Um, I'm interested to see where uh, Agent Carter comes in. Um, you know, we still really haven't gotten anything about her yet. So uh, outside of the one comment made in this episode, maybe we'll see her next episode, you know. Um, uh, not not sure exactly where she'll fit into this, but um, you know, uh, in terms of large picture things, um, I I I'm, I want to see what's going to happen with that shield. I think eventually, man, how cool would it be if Bucky got it? That's what I think would be awesome if, if Bucky kept it. But I don't yeah, think he's going. Really... He's got to go. It's got to go to the Falcon because that's like what no, he does, right? I, don't, I know, but I don't want it to go to. The... I think it would be better. It would be fit better with 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 Bucky. How cool would it be to have the shield and the arm? He'd be unstoppable. Zach wants to continue the destructive uh, cycle of having a white Captain America cancel him. You can cancel I didn't, him. I didn't want to say be, it. It would be awesome. I didn't want to say it, but I had to. I had to. Uh, I think so I deserve I, to be canceled, but... <laughs> I want to I want to jump off this speculation thing here because I think this is something that shouldn't be missed if you're like you're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything ties together. The original timeline for how Phase Four was supposed to like lay out before COVID happened was we get Black Widow first, followed by Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
So That's true. I, I feel like there are things that we are going to learn eventually this summer when Black Widow comes out that might give more context to what's going on um, with like the super soldier stuff because it's like Russia right we know where that's Maybe. from we know there's gonna yep. be other superheroes so i feel like we might be missing things because of that and then also like what comes next too we've already seen wandavision well technically we're supposed to have the eternals was supposed to come out and um the shang chi movie so there were two other things prior to wandavision to give us like mcu context uh, uh, or even you'd say three things before WandaVision because you throw in Black Widow there too. So I feel like with Captain Falcon or uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're missing some contextual things that we might have been able to speculate maybe a little more, um, as Zach said, with nuance uh, earlier uh, if we had those things out already. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Uh, but isn't it isn't it curious that no matter what order this stuff comes out in, it stands on its own. It does, yeah, like, yeah. And it I connects just, like, well too. It, they do such a good job of it. It's totally. It's amazing. You can watch the MCU in like almost any order you want to. Uh, unlike the, I, I mean, Star Wars. There's a there are different orders to watch it in, but like I, I think there's a concrete uh, thread with Star Wars. Is like you can watch it in this order, but you might want to watch this order if you have context already with the mcu you can watch so many of these as standalone movies but you can also see the connections between captain marvel and iron man one i mean it's incredible the way they do this shit um well i don't really have anything speculative i thought i had something in the middle of the episode when we were talking about something and uh i totally lost what it was going to be so maybe i'll think of it another time maybe for next episode, but thanks for joining me for this guys. I really appreciate uh, you guys joining me and uh, really good discussion on this episode. And uh, we'll be back for the next one. Uh, yeah. Oh, and do you guys want to plug anything or twitch.tv slash Darth Buckman? Uh, catch me on TikTok. Uh, that's my, my, my favorite social media to be on. Nice. Uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore Zach Russo. I uh, also follow the, the uh, Sacred Jedi Text podcast. Uh, you can check us out there uh, where we do uh, Star Wars book reviews and discussions. Uh, so uh, you can follow us there at, at Sacred Jedi Text. No S at the end of that. Very That's cool. It. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.